I'm Maida Getman, and welcome to Infertility Crossroads. I'm a mom to donor-conceived twins, and I went through eight rounds of fertility treatment before finally becoming pregnant with my two girls. I'm also a donor conception coach and founder of The Donor Downlow, a self-paced online program for people who are at the crossroads of donor conception and wondering which path is right for them. Perhaps you're like me, you thought having a baby would be easy, yet here you are every day, week, and month having to make big, scary, and radical decisions about what your future might look like. I call it the infertility crossroads. Whether you're just getting started on your fertility journey, have been trying for years, or are headed down an alternative path, you are welcome here. Join me each week where I will walk alongside you through all the infertility crossroads. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome to episode one of the Infertility Crossroads podcast. I'm Maida Getman and I am so excited to be here with you. I have been wanting to do this podcast for a really long time and I am finally doing it. So I'm excited to be here. This episode is just going to be about me sharing my story with you so that you can get to know me a little bit better. So let's jump into that. Look, I've always been the kind of person who could get what she wanted. Um, I worked really hard to get into the college I wanted to go to. I worked really hard to get the jobs that I have gotten. I um, met Michael and locked that down. (laughs) Um, But When Michael and I got married, we knew right away that we wanted to have kids, and so we got started. We were pretty lucky because Michael, we found out that Michael had low testosterone and that we we needed to do a sperm test for him for that treatment. And fortunately for us, um, but unfortunately for us, the sperm analysis came back and we found out that Michael had low sperm count and low motility. So we knew we were going to have trouble getting pregnant on our own pretty quickly. We headed into my OB and she recommended that we jump into IUI or inner uterine insemination process. And we were on board. We were like, okay, that's great. This is going to work. So we started IUI. Um, We did three rounds of IUI and had no positive pregnancy test um, for any of those three rounds. And she had said, our doctor had said that, Um, After the fourth one, we were going to be referred to a reproductive endocrinologist for additional help if the fourth round didn't work. The fourth round didn't work. um, And so she referred us to the RE. We went into that appointment pretty hopeful, um, thinking, I mean, what else could be going on? Like, there's got to be an answer. That appointment was pretty encouraging, to be honest. Um, They looked at all of my labs. They looked at um, the information we had had from Michael. um, And they they did an ultrasound and they said, look, like, we're pretty sure IVF is going to work for you guys. We're not quite sure what's going on, but IVF should work. We just want to run one more blood test on you, Maida. Um, And that was my AMH um, number. And so we drew the blood and um, we walked away thinking, man, we didn't really want to do IVF, but IVF was a great option. We felt pretty comfortable with where we were at. 
The next day I was at work and this was back in the day when most people worked in an office and I worked in an office and worked in a big cube farm and I got a call from the clinic. So I vividly remember stepping into a little conference room to take the call and she said, hey, you know, everything looks good, but your AMH value is really low for your age. So I was 31 at the time. Um, and she said, it's not a great number. We still think that IVF is the best option, but we're not quite sure how you're going to respond to IVF because of this AMH number. Honestly, I was pretty naive. I didn't really know what it meant. All I kind of knew was, oh, so we've got not amazing sperm and now I've got a problem too. Dang, I wonder if this is going to be harder for us. But again, I didn't really do a lot of research. I just kind of took the doctor's word and went for it. So at that same time, because this is kind of classic Michael and I, we also were moving. So we were moving from our home in Seattle to Minneapolis, where um, Michael had taken a new job. We were forced to pause. And looking back on that, I think it was a really good opportunity for us to just kind of pause, think through what we had already been through, think about IVF, think about how we were going to fund IVF, um, and also to get a second opinion because we knew that we were going to have to transition our care from our provider in Seattle to our provider, to a new provider in Minneapolis. So we went and met with a new provider in Minneapolis and they confirmed with, um, with us what the providers in Seattle had said. Um, my AMH was low for my age. They were worried about my egg quality, but they didn't see a reason why IVF wouldn't work for us. And so literally the week we moved to Minnesota is the week we started our first round of IVF. We started that round. We went through a full cycle. Th this was a while ago, so I honestly don't remember the exact numbers, but I know we got a good number of eggs. We got a handful of embryos. We did a five-day embryo fresh embryo transfer. And then all of the rest of our embryos stopped dividing at day six. So we didn't have any embryos to freeze. After our two-week wait, we found out that we were not pregnant. We jumped right into round two. So literally like got my period, started birth control. We were off to the races on round two. We worked with our doctor and made some changes to the protocol that I was following, and it actually was worse than the first round. We got less eggs. We got less embryos. We did a three-day embryo transfer, and um, by day five, we had no more embryos left. That three-day embryo did not stay around, and we did not get a positive pregnancy test. At that point, we were feeling pretty disheartened, um, and we were really struggling with why this wasn't working. And the, so we went in for the dreaded appointment with our doctor. And I remember going into her office, not like a, a patient room, but literally her office and sitting across from her at her desk. And um, her essentially said, said to us, you know, we think that there's an egg quality issue. That's what's causing the problems. I, I believe that you will be able to get pregnant. However, I think it's going to take eight to 10 rounds of IVF in order for that to happen. And you might want to consider donor eggs. At that point, my whole entire world came crashing down. My vision went black. I started sobbing. 
I really honestly don't remember the rest of the conversation that we had with her that day. I just remember hearing, you're not going to get to be a mom. You're not going to get to have kids who are your own. And what you thought your family was going to look like is no longer. And I remember leaving that appointment thinking, I I don't know what to do. I felt paralyzed. I felt so broken. I felt like this was all my fault. I felt like Michael did not deserve this, to be going through all of this. And it just was a really dark and hard time. Michael and I talked a lot about it. And before we even started IVF, we had said to each other, we're going to try IVF three times. And if it doesn't work, we're going to reassess and reevaluate. As we processed the news, as we thought about it, we decided a couple things. One, I knew that there was no way I was going to be able to do eight to 10 rounds of IVF. There are a lot of people out there who can go through that. I just knew for myself it was going to be too much. I wasn't going to be able to do it. Secondly, we couldn't afford eight to 10 rounds of IVF. IVF is expensive and we couldn't afford that. And so we decided to go ahead one more time with our own eggs. We um, we had said we were going to try three times before we reevaluated. And so we stuck with the original plan. We took a couple months off and then we jumped into our third round of IVF. Everything happened the way it had happened before. So we went through our stem cycle. We got um, a good number of eggs. We actually got the most number of eggs the third time that we had had in any of the other two. We had some great embryos. We transferred um, a five-day fresh um, embryo. And then unfortunately, after day six, the rest of the embryos stopped growing. And after our two-week wait, we got our negative um, pregnancy test and we were not pregnant. That was incredibly difficult to, to take in because we knew that our chances of trying to have a baby with my genetics were over. And we weren't quite sure what next steps were going to be. During this time, it was about four months from the time that we found out maybe donor eggs were going to need to be something we needed to consider until we did our third round of IVF, IVF. I had been thinking about donor eggs. Michael had been doing research on donor eggs. He'd been sharing some things with me. I had been thinking about it. I probably had been secretly Googling it on my phone, but just not talking about it out loud. And so when I got over the initial shock and, and challenge and sadness about our third round of IVF um, failing, I was a little bit more open to the, op- the option of using donor eggs. I was not ready to move forward with it, but I also wasn't completely against it. I had given it some thought. I had done some reading. Um, and so I, I was open to the possibility. Michael, in his wise wisdom, was like, hey, I think we need to move forward. Um, at the time, we it was going to take us about six months to try to find a donor. And so he was like, hey, I think we should just start that process. And if we get to the point where we find a donor and you're not ready, then we're not going to do it. And I was like, okay, fair you're reasonable and logical and that's a fair point. So let's do it. So we started a a long process of waiting to get a donor. At the time we decided to use our clinics program, 
which was um, had a six month waiting list. And so we had this period of time where we essentially were just waiting. During that time, we did a lot of work on our relationship. We spent a lot of time just having fun together, not talking about infertility, not talking about trying to make a baby, but just really being together and having fun. We got connected into a support group. We met other people who were using a donor to build their families. And I did some therapy for myself to just work through the grief and the pain and the loss of of what this new path to being a parent was going to look like. In September of 2015, we were matched with our donor. um, And I remember being so excited and also terrified at the same time. Um, And we started into our process with our donor. We did a fresh five-day embryo transfer the Sunday before Thanksgiving 2015. We transferred two embryos this time. And 10 days later, we got our amazing positive beta Um, and we found out that we were pregnant a couple weeks later, we found out that it was twins and our girls were born in the summer of 2016. It was a long journey and there were a lot of things that we had to go through and think through as we went through this process. And, you know, today I'm on the other side, but I love just connecting with others who are going through this process. I am so excited that you are here. I hope that you connected a little bit to my story and what I had to share. And I am excited to see you next time on the Infertility Crossroads podcast. Wait, before you go, I have a few things I want to share with you. Continue the conversation with me on my Instagram page at Maida Getman. I love connecting with people and I would love for you to join me there. It's at M-E-T-A-G-E-T-M-A-N on Instagram. If you just learned that using a donor might be your path to becoming a parent, or if you have an inkling that donor conception is the path for you, head to my website, www.medagetman.com slash podcast and download my free PDF donor decision guide. This resource is packed full of questions to consider if you are even thinking about using a donor. That's medagetman.com slash podcast. Lastly, I am not a doctor, a psychologist, a nutritionist, or a professional in the area of fertility. I am a person who has gone through infertility, has learned a lot along the way, and wants to share my learnings with you. Please do not substitute what you hear on the show for professional advice. That's what the pros are for. If you want to learn more about my terms and conditions, go to my website, madeagetman.com.